Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, Season 3, Episode 17, published on June 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Our guest today is Mike Bauer and Phil Bocciolacci from the United States Concealed Carry Association, talking about marketing and thriving in constitutional carry states. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. If you're a certified instructor, then you are the instructors we are looking for to get FTA coverage. Receive a special 10% off by listening to this podcast by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by the Range Tech Shot Timer. A shot timer is a critical tool to measure performance, and no credible fire instructor hosts a class without one. Range Tech Timer is both the most affordable and most feature-rich shot timer on the market. Connected via Bluetooth to a tablet on the firing line to simplify recording times and sharing them with your students. Range Tech also features Bluetooth integration with practice score and built-in auto scoring based on USPSA, IDPA, multi-gun, or steel challenge scoring schemes. Learn more at rangetechtimer.com. We bring you this podcast, support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Mike Bauer and Philip Bartolacci from USCCA. Welcome, Philip and, Bar- and Mike. How are you doing today? Excellent. Great. Yeah, doing great. Doing great, Rob. Thanks. Appreciate you coming on, spending a little time with our uh, audience here. Uh, but before we jump into today's uh, topic, can you give us a little bit of your uh, background, Mike, and then uh, you, Philip, on what you do during the day uh, in the USCCA? Absolutely. So, um, uh, like you said, my name is Mike Bauer. I'm the uh, regional manager for the eastern half of the outside sales team uh, for Delta Defense, the service provider to the USCCA. Uh, what we do is we've got um, nationwide over uh, close to 120 representatives uh, that work with ranges, retailers, instructors, and instructor groups in ways that they can help them grow their business, ways that they can tap into the USCCA on different ways from the instructor side, marketing side, and, and many other business development sides and um, ultimately um, continue to build the two-way community. Great. Philip? Yeah. So I work uh, as a field training specialist specifically for the training division within Delta Defense. And my focus is to work with our official partners and make sure that they are uh, getting consultation on how to develop uh, advanced curriculum to figure out how to use our curriculum within their environments to uh, enhance or maximize what they're doing. And also just to make sure that from a training perspective, they have access to the freshest and most up-to-date information. I'm located in Atlanta, and I manage over the the Southeast Territories. So everything from the Carolinas down to Florida, Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee. Oh, great. Appreciate you guys uh, taking your time to share because we've got an interesting topic today because uh, as of the recording of this podcast, we have 25 states across the United States that are that our constitutional carrier will be constitutional carry just in the next uh, month or two once their laws uh, get enacted, which uh, I've seen a lot of uh, chatter out in the uh, USCCA Facebook groups talking about um, how people are seeing declining numbers in their in their government mandated uh, concealed carry classes and such. And I think uh, Mike and Philip, from your perspective, you can really help our listeners and figure out how they can market better to the concealed carry and the constitutional carry uh, public as, as a whole. Um, so when it comes to marketing, 
what would be your number one suggestion for, you know, how to go along and make this transition from saying, Hey, I'm offering a state mandated course to going along and, and having people, uh, know what we're there and we're a, a, a legitimate training source for them. Yeah, I can jump in on that. So, you know, I think that it's, it's more so than just looking at it from a holistic view from this big picture, 30,000 foot view of just, man, I need more people in my classes. Well, that's great. Everyone wants more people in their classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, as, as someone who's an, an avid reader in uh, both personal development and business and, and really passionate about that space, I truly believe that the best businesses run on great systems. And so you can only build a system. You you can't build a map without building first your lighthouse. You need to know where do I want to go? What do I want? And I think that it's very easy for people to just go, man, this is happening out here. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to throw up my hands or wish that someone were to just hand me something. Um, The reason I bring all this up is I think the people that are really doing well when it comes to constitutional carry, permitless carry, all of these types of states is they first decide as a business, as an instructor, what do I actually want out of this? And it can be even something as simple as I want to make X amount of dollars per month through my business, um, you know, an extra 5,000 or or whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. But then working backwards from there, because as you you and I know, there's different amounts of people that um, these instructors will teach. Sometimes people only want to do two, three, four, maybe five students And some people want to do as many as 10 to 12 or as many as they can get into their class. And so I think the basic starting point should always be, where do I want to start um, with where do I want to get to? And then you start working backwards from there. From there, I think the important thing is from a marketing perspective is what are you putting out there as an instructor, as a business that's going to capture people's attention, that they're going to even want to work with you in the first place? A lot of times it's very, very easy in certain areas. We all know the instructors that all they do is these, these, uh, you know, these government mandated classes, as you said, and that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all you're doing and you hang your head on that hook and that hook goes away, now you have to back engineer that. And so that's where I think we're going to be able to start talking about how do we, how do we help instructors help themselves or we help with them, whatever, set up business um, systems that allow people to fall into a a funnel that gets them interested in their business first. And then from getting interest in it, what's the way that we market to those folks through email, through text message, through Facebook, through Instagram, whatever the case may be to start getting them into our classes and not just get them once, get them multiple times. And and I think that's the the main place that a lot of people need to start. Mm, Definitely. Yeah. uh, Rob, I'd like to uh, add something onto that too. I think probably the most creative side of this is what what do they see themselves as so if if an instructor sees themselves as a firearms instructor they're going to be really limited in their approach to their market if they look at themselves as a person who provides a value to a family um, whether it be, hey, I'm going to make myself the uh, my family's protector, or uh, maybe somebody who's become more or less the mayor of their town and is involved in the Rotary Club, involved in the civic groups and so on, where they become the self-defense expert. Uh, that goes a long way as well as to helping them define what they really want to do and achieve with their business other than just teach firearms. 
as a little side note, I spent over 20 years running martial arts studios, and uh, many people knew me as the martial arts guy, but more importantly, they knew me as the guy who supported the local schools with their events, almost anything that was going on. And becoming a resource in the community attracts students that you might not do if you say, well, I'm a firearms instructor only. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What are, what are some of the ways the uh, USCCA supports uh, going along and marketing to these broader groups and becoming more than just a CCW instructor? Uh, one of the things that I would suggest, as you know, Rob, we have a multitude of sub-curriculum available. Uh, the Emergency First Aid Fundamentals is a course that could be leveraged and utilized by just about anybody in a market. I, I think almost every market, if you look at it, they have youth sports organizations. Every one of those sports teams has a coach. Every one of those coaches has some sense of responsibility to uh, provide some level of safety if something were to happen or emergency first aid. So, you know, imagine having a resource for the community. Hey, you know what? We're offering classes for all the soccer coaches for this upcoming season at our facility. It's a four-hour emergency first aid course on how to handle the common injuries and ailments you'll see in the sports environment. Uh, and I think anything where where you can change the playing field from being a firearms instructor, as I said, to being somebody who provides services across the board, that's one way to do that. So the sub-curriculum that we have uh, can certainly provide a lot of those options. Mm-hmm. What other curriculums uh, besides emergency first aid fundamentals uh, are offered? So we have uh, women's handgun self-defense fundamentals, which uh, is a huge uh, group and a very attractive group. Most of our partners who utilize that curriculum find that the class that they have most students in that came specifically for that curriculum. So that's a big one. Uh, Countering the mass shooter threat, which is understanding what happens in today's society, as you know, Rob and and Mike, um, it's not the same way it was 10 years ago. Uh, Mass shootings are uh, happening and there's, there are ways you can control that. There are things you can do and help local businesses to abate some of that, uh, 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 pressure that's out there, uh, prevent those things from happening first, as opposed to responding to them if they do happen. And we also have a defensive shooting fundamentals class, which really deals with the, in our mind, the next logical step for somebody who takes a concealed carry class. Now, how do I use this tool? So uh, those are, are three of the, the most popular ones that we have uh, right mm-hmm. now. So if I was going to go along and I was doing a uh, class every week, and you know from concealed carry class and because my state goes to constitutional or permitless carry um you know i don't have but one class a month doing concealed carry i can go along and backfill those positions and be teaching emergency first aid fundamentals as well as women's handgun and self-defense fundamentals and then the counter mass shooter threats i mean right there i've just filled up those three empty weekends with uh classes and i think to your point too philip positions me as the expert resource within the community. So people will come to me when they go along and say, Hey, I need my coach. You know, I, you know, I'm coaching soccer and I need, need some training or my, uh, my sports team needs, needs some training along those lines or, Hey, my business, we're worried about what we saw in the news last night. You know, what could you offer along those lines and it could really help a, a instructor, uh, what I would say, broaden his uh, funnel and expanding more people because the people that you get in there for doing the emergency first aid could be the students that come back to you for the countering mass shooter threats. 
And then they have spouses that maybe will come for the women handgun and self-defense fundamentals. And then ultimately, if they, you know, even in a constitutional state, going through the concealed carry home defense fundamentals is a great resource because it teaches you uh, not only the functions of the firearms, but also what's going to happen physiologically to you under stress and then how to go along and properly handle it. Um, if you've got to interact with law enforcement inter or interact with a, um, you know, a criminal perspective, because let's put it this way, if you're going to have an interaction, more likely it's going to end up, um, you're going to have to be explaining yourself to a law enforcement officer at some point who will make a uh, determination on what, uh, on whether you did it properly or whether or not you get to, uh, spend the night in jail. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I, I just want to add one more thing, and then, and Mike, you can you can chime in if you don't mind. Um, even our core curriculum, for example, um, lesson one is all about conflict avoidance and situational awareness. So, as a, a firearms instructor, if you're limited to just that view, you're missing the opportunity. For example, I have an 18-year-old daughter who's about to go off to college. Uh, I've already set up a class for her and probably six or seven of her friends and their families on how to use situational awareness to, you know, for, for college protection and things like that. So, so there's so much information from our curriculum specifically that you can parse out and find a very unique audience and expand that. And to your point, Rob, those dads who come in with their their daughters, for example, they may become the next firearm student or somebody who's looking for more. So there's a really a, a top funnel approach that you have to take towards that and and a a curriculum that can be parsed out into smaller segments through our mini classes, for example, is certainly the best way to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I want to hit on some things that you guys talked about with being the expert resource in your community and, and some of these things. Uh, one of the great things about seeing a really good firearms instructor is the idea of learned helplessness has long been thrown away from these guys. They're willing to do whatever it takes to protect themselves, their family, and their loved ones. And now they're taking the next step to teach people. I think if you can take that same mentality and approach your business, whether you're in a constitutional carry state or not, this is helpful to you. How do you become that expert resource in your community? Um, being able to tap into different groups and have a reason to reach out to certain groups, whether it's church groups or uh, real estate uh, groups, or I mean, there's there's these groups all across our community that we can actually be the the person that unifies and works together. So let me give you some concrete examples of exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if you ever come, any of you guys listening to West Bend, Wisconsin, uh, Rob, you know this, there's a place downtown that we love going to called the Norbert. They've got great food. Uh, the staff is just awesome. And we love bringing people there. Now, if I go to the Norbert on say like a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's not uncommon for that place to be relatively bare as compared to maybe on a Saturday. And I would venture to say that in almost every single one of our towns, we see that same thing. If I had a reason as a firearms instructor to go to, let's say, a, a real estate office and offer a conflict avoidance or situational class that's based on a national curriculum, which is the USCCA's curriculum, I could now then go and go to um, our friend Tony, who owns the Norbert, and say, Tony, what I would really love to do is I've got a group of 10, 15, 20 people that I want to run them through a conflict avoidance and situational awareness class as real estate agents or as a church security group or whatever it is. I would love to bring them in here on a Tuesday. We're going to sit down for an hour and a half. We're going to work with some things. And then afterwards, I'm sure they're going to stick around for some food, drinks, and whatever else they want to do and just hang out. What are you doing now? You've made yourself a subject matter expert to two different businesses. You have a reason to reach out to a church group or that's a real estate team or whoever it is because you've got another connection. And in the meantime, 
you're also building up Tony's business at the Norbert because now these people are funneling through there. And I think with a little bit of creativity, we can, we can break out of that mindset of just, I need to have a classroom with tables and chairs, and I want to teach people how they should shoot guns and when they can't shoot guns. Well, let's get a little bit more creative. How do you become that expert resource in your community? And if you, if you really look the USCCA curriculum and they have so many different options through many classes and the different curriculum that's available to do exactly that, because what's going to happen, you're going to run through that course, maybe at Tony's place or wherever. And then afterwards, you're going to have other people that want to do additional courses above and beyond that. And that's how you continue to build that momentum of your business. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, you know, just a little low imagination, even for the people that aren't into firearms, they don't want to be around them or anything else like that. They still understand the need for emergency first aid fundamentals because, you know, they've seen auto accidents. They've gone along and seen people fall off ladders, different things along those lines. They also, you know, watch the news and news, you know, makes it very clear that, you know, something can happen, you know, in a mass shooting event, almost anytime, anywhere. And you may not want to defend or be able to defend yourself um, at that point, but you can go along and offer aid to them. You know, if you choose, if you choose not to carry a firearm and those types of things, and that's one of those things to where, okay, if you're just a firearm guy, you're very, um, single focused, but if you're the self-defense guy, if you're the prepper, you know, where people go along, come to you so they can be prepared for those kind of situations, um, teaching, you know, college students that are going away for the first time. I mean, face it, you know, they've lived in, they've lived underneath your roof for 18 years, and now they're going to be going on a dorm with a whole bunch of other, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old people. And, you know, how do they know what they should and shouldn't do? Um, you know, nobody had to, had to remind them about locking the door because I always locked the door behind them, you know, when we walked out, but when they're in a dorm, guess what? They need to make sure they understand that and taking care of their, their personal property. Because again, look in the, look in the newspapers and on the website, there's plenty of, uh, instances to where somebody sneaks into a dorm and all of a sudden, uh, expensive electronics, phones, all that, all those types of things start going missing. So great, great suggestions there. Really great, uh, suggestions for it. All right. Uh, Philip, you brought up one thing I wanted to uh, touch on uh, a little bit too, church security teams. Um, USCCA has a uh, church security uh, curriculum built off the countering mass shooter threat. Is that correct? It's, yeah, that's correct. And it's a fantastic program. Um, and, and I'll tell you that uh, everybody has a plan, right, for some kind of training or whatever. But how do they get the appropriate you know, materials that have been researched that have been put together in a, in a progressive fashion to go from point A to point B to point C with that group. Uh, and, and as a USCCA instructor, if you get certified in the County of the Mass Shooter Threat Program, you get access to that full church security uh, plan as well. Uh, I know that we've got a, a relatively new partner down in Florida who has a, a extensive law enforcement background. He's retired recently. And he's put together this entire um, plan for basically uh, Central and South Florida to hit all the markets, all the major markets and do these classes. And that's going to be his primary business. And he's crafted out a little niche for himself. Um, and, and it's really working well so far. I think he's in his third month at this point and, and just doing well. And that's all he does. Um, so, yes, there are programs that we have that are offshoots to everything that we offer additionally as well that could become those niche fillers for you if you have that. So thanks for bringing that up, Rob. That's a good point. Definitely. And uh, that's 
let's uh, look at it this way. Sometimes finding a range is difficult um, near, nearby, you know, if you're going to a strange place, but everybody can go along and set a projector, a TV to go along and do a PowerPoint presentation when it comes to first aid, countering mass shooters, all, all these uh, non-shooting courses. So, yeah. Right. Great right. way to fill in those uh, type, uh, things in. You know, Rob, I did a, a quick survey at three um, big partners here. I guess I live in the Atlanta area. And I looked at their class schedules for the month of May. And uh, one partner uh, has 32% class utilization. So he's got this pretty large classroom that he's paying rent on or mortgage as part of it. And he's using it 32% of the time in the month of May. Another one is using it only 23% in the month of May. Uh, and, and one more partner is right around 26%. When I look at that as a business owner, I think, my gosh, that's a huge asset that's sitting there empty. And, and why? And it might be because uh, many instructors are stuck on, as you said, you know, the, the, uh, the state mandated training, that they're used to the state driving people into their classroom. And they filled up those classrooms with 18, 20, 25 students every Saturday. Now, all of a sudden, that may be going away. Uh, so what do they do? But they think they have to have 20 or 25 students in that class every Saturday to keep it profitable. When in fact, by taking out some of these smaller classes, making these classroom-specific training options available through the mini classes, uh, now maybe they have eight classes a week as opposed to two, and maybe there's only three or four people in each of those classes, but it doesn't require range time. It doesn't require that resource that's taking revenue off of the range side of the business, but still eight classes a week with three students in each, that's still 100 students a month. And mm -hmm. if if you're charging 80 to 100 dollars for a class making it valuable that's you know it's eight to ten thousand dollars a month in revenue uh, that is right there sitting just waiting to be used and you've got the room available to you so i think there are a lot of options for instructors who are looking at changing the constitutional carry sides of it to look yeah. at their business a little bit differently and fill up those days more so yeah, well, and I'll, I'll add one one thing too that that's just to, you know from a range perspective. You know, you were uh, Mike was talking about going to restaurants. Um, I've gone right. into gun stores, and they've actually given me the entire gun store in order to hold a mini class. Why? Because I'm bringing people into it. I'm talking about a topic that they're passionate about. And um, it's a win-win situation to where they're coming in. They hear they hear the class hear the material for the class, get some thinking about it. But at the same time, they're there in the class, they're looking around and thinking, wow, I was thinking about getting a new shotgun to go hunting this fall with. I was thinking about getting a new pistol for this, or, oh, wow, look at that nice holster on the wall, all those types of things. And they might not be ordering a steak or a hamburger like Mike's examples, but still, when you're partnering up with those other businesses, it's a win-win. And, you know, a couple of people um, will make a big difference for a restaurant, you know, because they order, you know, a meal, a drink and, you know, an appetizer or something like that. And if you're into some kind of store, they're going to be, there are certain percentage of people are going to go along and buy, buy some items. Um, where I teach at the, I know several students that over the co course I've been teaching there have walked away with guns in their hands because they found something gun store they liked and they, you know, spent, you know, five, $600. That was a sale I wouldn't have had if I didn't have the class there. So, yep. Right. Right. And again, you know, to your point, uh, the independent instructor who may not have a range at their beck and call, uh, they can now move the classroom, make it very portable. But imagine that that store owner having an instructor come in and talk about gear and gadgets or 
things that you need to be successful in, in concealed carry. Oh, and by the way, they happen to be right here in the store. Uh, I mean, those are the symbiotic relationships I think that Mike was alluding to that, that again, move you forward as an instructor and really getting out of that mindset of instructor, moving it into the mindset of a business owner. Yep. Yeah, and that's um, and that's something I'd love to dive in a little bit more on too, um, Rob, Phil, and you guys have both seen this. It's it's not uncommon for the brand brand new. I'm saying straight out of the box firearms instructor. You know, they're brand new to this whole thing. It's not uncommon for us to hear what, man, I got my my certification. I went to this range and said I want to do classes, and they said thanks, but no thanks. And then they don't do anything with it. Now, what I think happens a lot of times is people don't know how to have that conversation. So let's flip that around a little bit. Now I'm a brand new firearms instructor or, or someone that just doesn't run a lot of classes. So I just, you know, for whatever reason in my community in the firearms realm, I'm not very well known. But if you have a curriculum that's not using the live range, it's a completely different conversation when it comes to running a, an emergency first aid fundamentals or countering the mass shooter threat or even a church security group type um, type class. If you're asking to rent out a space in the range for that type of class, it's a much easier conversation that you start with that. And if you show yourself to be the professional that you should be as a firearms instructor and that you should hold yourself to that standard, it changes the game for what that conversation is with that store owner because I mean, let's, let's face it, businesses, that's, that's their baby. And so they're not just going to invite anybody in if they don't understand who you are and your level of professionalism. What the USCCA curriculum has done with these mini classes is given instructors the opportunity to teach something to a wider range of audience in a way that you don't need, like you said, as much materials, i.e. a range indoor or outdoor to be able to get people through the door and start having that conversation and start having those classes. That's, uh, that's great. And uh, as we've talked about, there's a lot of change in the air with constitutional carry and permitless carry. Um, but for the instructors that know how to market, how to go along and build those uh, symbiotic relationships, it can, it, it's just going to be another you know, branch that they build on their business as far as how they expand it and continue serving the, the population as a whole for you know, providing great curriculum for them to consider. So that's great. Yeah, Rob. I would also, if I if I owned a, a an instructing an instruction business in a state that was mandated training is now constitutional carry. First thing I would do would be I would have a a huge marketing campaign that says, "Come by, take the class that the state should have required of you." Yeah, you know, like just reposition it as saying, "Hey, you know what? We all had to teach the state mandated class, and we all know what that results in." However, now that we don't have to, guess what? You can really get the kind of training that was uh, really important for you as a new gun owner or as a first-time concealed carrier or whatever it might be. So I think we also have to change the way we look at the lack of mandated training and say, this is really a good thing. How do I position that? How do I make that better? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, the creative instructors are going to start promoting themselves as as the uh, Thank goodness we no longer have mandated training. And the weaker instructors will say, my gosh, what am I going to do now? There's no longer mandated training. So you can yeah. fall in two camps. Yeah. Well, I would go along and add to that also in watching what's in the news, because I will guarantee within the six months of uh, state going constitutional carry permitless uh, carry that there will be some story to where somebody's done some boneheaded move. Period. It's, it, you've, I've seen it in every state that's adopted it, and most of those boneheaded moves are not uh, not because they were trying to break the law. It's because they were emulating something they saw in a movie. 
that's something they heard a politician talk about. And that that's a great uh, point that you make, Philip, is go along, turn around and and say, you know, hey, you know, don't be this guy. Don't follow, you know, what they teach in Hollywood. You know, come to come to me for your, you know, uh, for uh, responsible training so you can understand what your rights are and then also what your responsibilities are if you're if you decide to carry. So good point, sir. Another thing that we've seen over and over again is these ranges and instructors uh, doing classes on on what is constitutional carry, and they market it using their own their own um, uh, their own name of the class, and and I think there's there's a uniqueness that you should use to that. Um, but we've all seen this where these states go to constitutional carry, and no one really knows what that means. People think they know what they, that means, but they don't really know. You know, people talk about well Tennessee now we're constitutional carry. Well, you're not constitutional carry. Your permitless carry. Well, what's the difference? That's a great question. That's why I offer a permitless carry class to walk through those things, because what permitless carry means in Tennessee might not mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, what constitutional carry in Arizona means. Well, what's the difference? Exactly. That's why I have this class here. It's so important that you know these laws, which is why we provide this in our class. Right there, everything we just talked about, that's a whole marketing opportunity that you can use on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere that you put your stuff, because people are now questioning like, well, what do you mean? I, I, I thought I understood this. When you just simplified, you really don't. And that's exactly why I'm here is to help you through that process. Exactly. And it's no different than when we were teaching concealed carry, you know, the mandated classes, you know, how many people got the big, uh, big eyes when you went along and start talking to them about what they can and can't do. All of a sudden, like, wait a minute, I thought I was just getting a permit so I can carry a gun. And it's like, no, when you carry a gun, you've also got to know what to do and how to act uh, because you can get into some big trouble very simply because you've, you're carrying a gun the wrong place or do the wrong thing with it. Um, don't have to fire it, but you, we all know about situations that people can get in trouble with it. Quick question. We've been asking all our guests this year. Um, can you name an influential mentor or somebody who's helped you get to where you are today? I'll let you go first this time, Philip. Yeah, great. Uh, great question, Rob. Thanks. So, um, as you know, influencers are people who can can change your life in some way, come from so many different walks of life. And I just uh, have, have one gentleman. He's, he started out as a business mentor uh, back in the early 1990s. His name is Lou Maluli. And Lou was just that guy who set the example of what a good leader should be. Um, brought me up through my career, allowed me to get some successes um, in the in the corporate world that way. But more importantly, taught me about the respectfulness that you have to have as a leader and and the difference between that. So uh, I would say, yeah, it's, it's a, a gentleman who's become a very good friend of mine now named, named Lou Maluli. Okay. That's a good one. Mike, how about you? I'll stick with the uh, within the business realm. So I'm part of a uh, um, a coaching group that is uh, that's founded by a guy by the name of Sean Whalen. Uh, he owns a, a an apparel company called Lions Not Sheep as well, which people might be familiar with. Um, he's a pretty edgy guy. Um, I'll be honest, he's not for everybody. Um, but the things that I've learned from him on being able to uh, set my own goals on both a business and personal standpoint, and how to make sure that it's not all business or um, you know, this idea of people trying to say that balance is what you should seek. Well, there is really no such thing as balance to think that you're 50% business, 50% home life or whatever percent of anything. You got to just figure out what is my focus and go hundred percent at that. And then if there is any balance, it's deciding where those percentages are and what's most important to you. And so um, for me, having someone like Sean Whalen every single week in my in my ear telling me that I need to set my goals appropriately based on what's important to me uh, has been a, a massive help over the past two, three years. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Sean's a intense guy and uh, I follow him also. And I can attest to that. Where can people find more information out about the USCCA and what Philip and Mike are doing these days? So obviously it's very simple to go to uscca.com. That's one easy way that you can go. Um, If anything that we have personally talked about has resonated with with anyone, I think the best way is honestly, you can reach out to us directly. Uh, We can share our information with you um, and you can put that in the the notes below as well. And uh, being able to email, phone call, text, um, I'm open to all of that. Um, And from the official partner program, uh, that's the best way for us to be able to to go through that. Um, When it comes to the instructor side though, and the training side, um, there's a couple different landing pages we can lead you to as well. Okay, super. And I'll make sure those uh, get into the show notes for everybody. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time today and for your expertise and sharing it with the audience. Absolutely. Thanks for having Fantastic. us. Fantastic. Have a good one. Rob, Rob, before we go, I've okay. got one quick question for you. Okay. Who was your most influential person? Oh, now you're turning the tables on, on me. That makes it a little bit more, uh, more challenging. Um, and you've got permission to answer it in a future podcast. That's fine by me. But <laughs> now I, I would have to, uh, I'll, I'll go back a little bit further into my, uh, childhood. Um, and that's from a boy scout leader that was, uh, out there that, uh, pushed us, but also went along and allowed me to realize, you know, the, the ability that I have inside me without anything external, you know, that I can survive in the wilderness that I can, you know, create a fire. I can cook over it. I can, you know, sleep, sleep in the rain. I can do all these different kinds of things and really, uh, I would say motivate me. And his name was Stan Dotsauer. So he was a scout master and he's, uh, since passed, but, um, you know, was a, uh, good scout leader. Um, I've tried to follow in his footsteps and being a scout leader myself, and hopefully I've influenced a few of the young men of this country to, uh, be self-reliant, know what they can do and treat each other, uh, fairly. Love it. So that's thanks great. Phil for putting me on the spot. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks okay. for answering. That's, that's great. Everybody have a good night. That's a wrap for this episode, and we hope you found it interesting, and you'll share it with your friends and other instructors. Do you have a suggestion for an episode or someone like you that might be a good guest on our show? Email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com with guest contact information and the topic you'd like to hear about or talk to that guest about, and I will get back to you. You can also leave us feedback on our Facebook page, or better yet, visit our website, at firearmtrainerpodcast.com. Our website allows you to go along and search previous episodes on topics such as marketing, additional training, and dealing with those challenges as instructors. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a certified instructor and establishing your business were your first steps. Your next step should be to go along and have coverage with the Firearm Trainers Association. Remember, you're listening to our podcast so you can use our discount code ftp10 at checkout sign up for the guardian conference coming on september 16th through the 18th receive world-class training from national recognized trainers like riley bowman steve moses and brian mclaughlin topics will include self-defense law unarmed self-defense trauma care and advanced pistol craft all the information about the conference and lodging in the area can be found at guardian conference Dot com. We bring you this podcast, support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor like you in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone.
Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.